0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are remembering Dwayne Haskins, Scheffler's magical run continues, recapping this year's Masters. The USFL makes makes its return. The future of the NFL is almost here. The Lakers' purge starts with their head coach. The chase for the Larry O'Brien trophy begins. With that, I give you our Chief of our Fire Brigade, Rob Cald.
1: Thanks, Colton. Good to be here Thursday night, Delaware, Ohio, live from Matt's basement. Um, Yeah, we're going to start off with some sad news, I guess. You know, obviously everybody heard uh, Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, taken way too early at 24 years old. I mean, you know, the kid was just a phenomenal collegiate athlete, you know, single season passing and. TD marks at, you know, Ohio state that's produced some great college at college quarterbacks over the years. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize this. He's one of only seven college QBs ever to throw for 50 or more touchdowns in a season.
0: Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm.
1: you know, just, uh, you know, drafted in the first round by the Washington football team mm-hmm. at the draft that we attended in Nashville, 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember him getting drafted. Uh, of course it was the Washington Redskins at that point, but, all right, all right. um, but yeah, just, just, you know, just a sad, sad day for, for Pittsburgh and for Columbus
0: and, you know, the sports, sports world as a whole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, definitely, you know, he, he, all, all the talent, you know, surrounding him and, and, things like that. And, you know, things, things didn't necessarily go, go his way or, you know, the, you know, kind of a rough situation there in, in Washington and. You know, a little. I think a little bit, a little bit on his part, but at the same time, you know that that Washington, you know, organization has been kind of a dumpster fire. You know, front office management, you know, not not the greatest and things like that. So, you know, he, he, he you know, left left Washington and, and found a home, you know, in, in Pittsburgh there, and seemed like he was really, you know, this this year was going to finally get his chance to really show I who so he too, was or yeah. you know the kind of quarterback that that he was. You know, Pittsburgh brought in you know, Mitchell Trubisky to, you know, take over pretty much to take over after big Ben, you know, retired or you know, hang up the cleats. But, you know, I, from everything I was kind of reading from, from Mike Tomlin is that, you know, they were going to give, you know, Haskins a real shot to contend for that, for that starting right. position. So yeah,
2: Tomlin said he'd been working really hard. And, right. You know, everybody, yeah. The teammates loved
0: him. Everybody yeah, they, loved him.
2: And, yeah. Everybody, everywhere he went. Right. What they said.
0: And, uh, yeah. you know, down, they, you know, down there in, in, in South Florida, I mean, he was training with, with, teammates from his from his team you know running backs other quarterbacks other wide receivers from from the Steelers organization and you know to yeah be taken you know in the in the manner that you know he was I mean it's prime of his life right um you know unbelievable I mean you know hats you know condolences out to out to the family and you know I think you know he leaves a bigger legacy behind than just being you know a football player I mean a you know a son um you know a, a great teammate a, a friend you know all, all those things um you know that he leaves behind now you know as a result of this 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 fatal and, and tragic accident um you know so definitely you know not not the way we wanted to, to start this this show off but uh, you know felt felt it was you know necessary to you know give give our condolences out to the out to the family Absolutely.
2: so uh, <laughs> tell you the, the thing i most remember about him you know it wasn't even his great year as a starter as the Buckeyes it was actually the year before when he came on and mm-hmm. uh, JT Barrett gotten hurt. We were down against Michigan. He came on through, through a couple dimes to the wide receivers. Buckeyes went down, scored a touchdown, end up winning the game on his back. You know, a guy yeah. who hadn't played all year. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And that just shows what true talent he had to be able to do something like Absolutely. that. In right. a big yeah. game like that. Step
1: up in a big game like that. Uh, yeah. You know, the biggest yeah. Game. Save a national championship. But, uh, all right. Well, that's, you know, it's it's tragic and you hate to see that happen to somebody so young. Um on to the masters. Uh, you know, we we talked about it last week, you know, we kind of talked about who were we thought would would do well and not do well, and obviously, you know, Scotty Scheffler <laughs> proved why he's number 1 in the world. Uh, you know, just a dazzling display. Just you know, steady Eddie out there, I think just, mm-hmm. you know, no weakness in his game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, definitely, you know, wins the, wins the masters as the, you know, newly ranked number one, you know, world ranked golfer, um, mm-hmm. you know, only the, uh, what was it a fifth player to ever win the masters as world's, you know, number one golfer. So joining a lot of, uh, elite company there, you know, with, I, I know Tiger, Dustin Johnson, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, top names there in, in the golf world that have, that have pulled off that, that fate. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the the thing that stands out to me, um, only player among the field to uh, break, break par in all four rounds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that was the difference is that, yeah, the consistency was there all four, all four days where, you know, some guys, and you know, we we talked about it, you know, of of what the weather was going to do. You know, we Mm -hmm. talked about it before, you know, last week of how the weather was not typical for what they're used to seeing there in in April in, in Georgia, you know, a lot of cooler temperatures a lot of wind rain i mean just a lot of different different stuff that was thrown at them that mm-hmm. you know they don't typically see when they when they play the masters every year so just you know was able to to keep it consistent there and 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 you it, know yeah
1: you know, we all said that the key to them winning the masters is being consistent mm-hmm. i i thought it might be john Rahm, but you know <laughs> the way he's been consistent there he didn't fare, fare too well over the weekend but um, there was some so, some other guys that did. Matt, you want to chime in here?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, just to kind of wrap the book up on Scotty Scheffler, I, you know, he, he was so dominant. I think he got a little loose there on that last hole. He tried to make <laughs> things interesting with mm. a double bogey. But, I mean, Rory still couldn't catch him. He <laughs> right, yeah. ended up seven under there to come in second place. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the story of the week everybody was watching was, was the man Tiger Woods, of course. Right. And, you know, he started this thing out, and we are all thinking, wow this guy's back. He <laughs> yeah. goes, goes two under par the first day. But then I, I think his stamina really got the best of oh, him throughout no this, this week. You know, it just, every round got a little bit worse. He mm-hmm. went two over on the second day and then six over on the third day and six over again on the fourth day. But I, you know, I
1: think he was genuinely happy. Yeah, I think yeah. he really was. You know, I watched that his post course interview there when he came off the course and you know, I'm sure he would have liked to have played better. You know, the, last three days but i think he was genuinely happy that he was yeah, golfing to again to, and be able to finish to finish to make the to, cut to play
0: and, all four days yeah, i think you know absolutely. i think that for his you know for his game or his recovery i think that was was very key or crucial for for his recovery well, and, and, it was, and it's,
2: it's definitely helped the psyche he's already uh pledged uh, to be in another tournament coming right, up right. here
1: pretty shortly so. well and it was good for the pga too and and espn they said uh viewership was up 31 percent from last year now why do you think that is yeah right? absolutely. i give you i give you two words. Tiger Woods.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, yeah, definitely, you know, everything I was kind of listening to and when I was, you know, kind of watching, you know, a lot of the announcers on, on, you know, the golf and the golf world were saying, you know, Tiger legitimately came, you know, he wasn't going to play in this Masters unless he knew he had a chance at at winning. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that's that's the mentality that he that he. We're used to seeing, or you know, wouldn't wouldn't expect anything less from him. But Mm -hmm. obviously, yeah, didn't didn't go the right way, or didn't go the way that you know he he probably had envisioned. But I think at the end of the day, I think he can still take you know kind of a a moral victory, if you will, and say, a a year ago I was you know ready to say that I was done completely with golf and wasn't Mm -hmm. even sure that I'd be able to to even walk again and and to get out there and to you know traverse the the course that that is the Masters and make it through all four rounds. I mean, it's it's unbelievable to, you know, to say the least. I mean, the, the the talent, the guy, the guy's a talented golfer to, you know, you take anybody else, you know, out there and take almost a year off of golf, a year and a half off of golf. And, and he comes out and does. Yeah, I know he shot, you know, 13 over, but I mean he still was hitting shots and, you know, hitting things that it's like. Wow, you know, you take a whole year off of golf, and you're still able to do some right. of the stuff First that he's time able he to
1: played do. back 18 back to back since his car accident, right? So you know, and then he goes out and plays four days of 18
0: holes, right? And, yeah. yeah, I just think, yeah, I definitely, you know, hats off to him to be able to even go out there, but yeah, I got I got to agree with you, man. I think it just came to a point, you know, it, it, the stamina just wasn't there. I mean, you could obviously see there was a little bit of a hitch in his in his giddy up there a little bit. I mean, there was a clear. Clear limp, clear limp, you know, but he was kind of favoring that leg in times and, you know, just a couple of times where he had to get into some uncomfortable situations and, you know, put himself in some tough spots to, you know, kind of see what that leg could do. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think, you know, definitely it, it, it caught up to him. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, yeah, he can walk away and say, you know, I I made the cut at the Masters after taking a whole year off of golf and, and, and was able to finish all four rounds and, you know, still be somewhat, you know, competitive in the, in this, in this game. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's better than, you know, some of the other, you know, top players that that didn't even make the cut. Right. I mean, you yeah. Know. And I was
1: going to Bryson I didn't make the cut. He didn't get to golf on, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday, but he, he's got a hand issue. I yeah, he's going to have surgery. They announced this way he, he was trying to put it off and, They did announce this week that he, I think he already had it. I think he had it today. Or or planning to, yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then uh, it was good to see Rory McIlroy um, make a
0: kind of a surge there, kind yeah. of a quiet I mean, surge you know, and, and on he, Sunday. And
1: he had a great round on Sunday, 64, which tied for the lowest of the final round, you know, and, that's a, masters, a, and yeah. a master and one off the course record of 63. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, uh,
0: definitely think, kind of a, yeah, a quiet one, you know, kind of went up, vaulted up the leaderboard, you know, kind of very, very quietly because, you know, coming into it, it was like you thought, okay, it's a two headed monster. It's going to either be, Sheffler, or it's going to be Cameron Smith and then you know Smith had his issues on a couple of holes and kind mm. of fell back a little bit but then you know Rory just you know kept birdieing holes and just you know slowly working his way up there and you thought man well I mean he might you know make a miraculous comeback here and and mm-hmm. you know win this thing but obviously it was the, just uh,
1: too big yeah, yeah lead
0: you know just a little bit too big there and, and Scheffler you know did just enough to, to maintain on the final day to 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 you know get his first first major win in his first first green jacket and so. that
1: snazzy green jacket stuff with 2.7 million so yep, yeah highest payout ever a little little green
0: jacket a little green in his pocket yeah, so. so that's the highest, a pretty good day
1: highest payout ever at the Masters so um, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah, almost I think over half a million dollars more than what they paid last year so yeah pretty impressive mm-hmm. um, and you know and he looks good he looks solid I you know yeah
0: he's got four wins in just 57 days, you yeah, know, four, four PGA wins in 57 days. It'll so. be tough
1: to knock him off that number one spot. Yeah.
0: He's uh, definitely a guy to to watch out for going forward on, on all of the remaining majors. So yeah, absolutely. All right.
1: Well, um, we got something, something kind of new here. Well, <laughs> new and old, I guess yeah, the, yeah. the USFL, the United States football league mm-hmm. coming back after, a what a
0: 20 year almost 20, 20 20 year, year, hiatus. year hiatus yeah
1: <clears throat> so uh, you know there's there's eight teams uh, the season lasts 10 weeks Matt you want to start us off on your thoughts on the usFL
2: yeah I think it's a it's a pretty cool pretty cool league they got some new roles put in place this year and uh, though I, I'm kind of disappointed that the, these teams are spread out from you know throughout the country but all the games are being played in Birmingham Alabama so mm-hmm. it, even though these teams are the, the Michigan Panthers, the New Jersey generals these states aren't even going to get to really see their team. It, it's kind of kind a yeah. little lackluster on that front. I don't know if they just couldn't secure places to play or <laughs> what, right. what the real issue was there. Yeah. But So, I mean, that kind of stinks. But I, I kind of like some of these new rules they've put in place. Um, so now they have a, a three-point try after a touchdown. So you yeah. can you can go for your basic, you know, your one-point kick, just like the NFL. You can go for the two-point conversion. Or you can go back to uh, the 15-yard line for a basically a two point conversion from the 15 yard line if you cash that in you get 3 mm-hmm. uh, then they also have a an onside kick alternative yeah. which which is uh, it, it's kind of neat but i, I don't I, really kind of gimmicky as well yeah you know so what what you get is you get a, a fourth and 12 play from your 33 yard line if you convert that fourth and 12 you get to keep the ball mm-hmm. if you don't convert it it's a it's a turn, kind of a neat over. wrinkle, I guess. Yeah, and I think I, it's it's
0: not totally new at the same time because I think if... the if NFL went, toyed with it in the yeah. Pro Bowl.
2: But I don't <clears> and and I think really at the same
0: time it. there was been a couple of these other like you know makeshift or you know competitive NFL or you know competing with the NFL leagues like the XFL and the AAF that that kind of threw around mm-hmm. that idea of you know instead of actually kicking like an onside kick, it's yeah you get one fourth down play if you convert the first down, you keep going. If not turnover on down so it's not a totally new idea but it it is it it's it's different that that's all I can I can say I mean I don't know it'll be interesting to see how much success that they have or like or how often people yeah how often often, you know go for it and I don't know uh, I know in a couple of those other leagues like you couldn't attempt that until like a certain time in the game like a certain Uh, you had to be there be down by like a certain amount of points or like it had to be like the last five minutes in the fourth quarter was the only time that you could actually attempt, attempt that. So I I wondered about that. I'm not not sure how the USFL, I mean, I I know that they have that rule, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if there's, if if there's more kind of a caveat that you can only do it in a certain situation or, you know, whatnot. So, Mm -hmm. and then they're going kind of like the college
2: with the, with the clock stoppage, but they're only doing it at the last two minutes of halftime and overtime. So on first first downs, downs, the clock will stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then they have the the overtime shootout instead yep. of how the NFL does it. So I, th- I think basically they're going to play it kind of like uh, let's see. Well, each offense will get the ball at the opponent's two yard line. You get three attempts to score. If if all if both teams score on all three attempts,
1: then it goes to sudden death. Normal or if football. Or if they're still tied, right? right. Yeah, yeah, maybe they could score on two. But they don't want to score on each team. Right. Score right. On yeah. Two, but mm-hmm. yeah, as many times as you can score out of that three attempts. And then, you know, the other team gets as many, you know, three attempts as well. Um, I think that's
2: kind of cool. If that that works out, you know, maybe that's something the NFL might actually look at adopting. I I hate
1: the way they do theirs now. I hate it. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the college football does theirs. I think think that's, I would, if I was, uh, you know, and create the league. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would pattern mine off college football. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the players, you know, I was kind of going through, and we talked about this before we went on the air today. Um, You know, I thought I would recognize more names, mm-hmm. really. Um, Some of the big names I did recognize, that Brian Allen, Brown cornerback from the Browns. Um, But not a lot of, like, ex-NFL players, or maybe players that played in the – I didn't recognize a lot. I'd recognize more young kids that were coming out of college that maybe didn't get drafted, one of them being – you know the kid from Michigan, Shea Patterson, playing for the hometown Michigan Panthers, <laughs> yeah. um,
0: hometown that plays yeah, in Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. He was the number one dra- number one draft pick in USFL, and yep. then and then an- another guy, a quarterback out of uh, Tulsa, standout Zach Smith mm-hmm. from Tulsa. So, um, you know, and another game, another name. I don't know if you guys caught this or not, Vinny Papali. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's got and that a, name should sound familiar to you, but not from football. Yeah but it's, you know, it's, it's the son of Vincent Papali that, you know, the movie Invincible was based off of, is
0: is it the dad, is he coming Uh, out of retirement? It's his
1: son. So yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, I just, as I was scrolling down through the rosters, I went, "Vinny Papali. No way. So I, so I had to look it up, but yeah. yeah. Um, another thing, um, there you're going to be able to hear the audio Mm -hmm. like, between the coach, like between the quarterback and the coaches, so that was and an,
0: I think that the, was an XFL
1: adaptation. Yeah, or, you know, that yeah. was something
0: XFL did. And I, I mean, I found that pretty interesting yeah. when that when the XFL was going. That you know you could hear kind of the dialogue between, um, you know, coach and quarterback, and just kind of gives you a little bit of insight of what what happens or yeah, like how are they really how do they come? Yeah, how do they, they come about of like picking a play or like how right. do they you know audible and things like that? Kind of so, what
1: like NASCAR did right. you know back when you could get the headsets and tune into different pit crews and mm-hmm, stuff. but mm-hmm. uh, And they've also, also promised like a bunch more like camera angles to really get you up close. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're going to have drones flying overhead and um, they, they're, they're promising like camera angles and you know actually feeling like you're more a part of the game than you ever have with a uh, with an nfl game with these different camera angles and the, you know I, I don't know what all they're doing but i know the drone is, is one thing
0: yeah the, the one the one thing that stuck out to me or you know when it comes to i guess rule change or just kind of a neat thing that they're incorporating no no chain gang in this one yeah. they're actually sticking a microchip in every football and, you know, somehow, you know, the technology works out that, you know, it's going to, when you're, you know, when it's like close to like a first down or whatever, that this microchip, you know, based on, you know, location, GPS, whatever the technology is, will be able to tell you first down or not first
1: down. I mean, that'll speed the game up a little bit. Yeah, I think
0: it's one of those things. Obviously, it's a it's a new technology that's, you know, being incorporated. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how accurate really is it? Is there, you know, like a tolerance of, you know, give or take, you know a half a yard, you know, you know, it'd just be interesting yeah. to see like how, how well it really, it really works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was kind of something that, that stuck out, stuck out to me. Um, and then I also, you know, looked at, uh, that they had on there, like the compensation for the players, you know, just curious to see mm-hmm. like
2: everybody gets the same, right. Um, uh, like, so I think, yeah, right,
0: right? well it depends on if you're on the active roster on the practice okay. squad or, yeah. um, you know, so there's, there's a little bit of stipulation there. So, as long as you're on the active roster, which is a a 38 man active okay. roster, okay. Um, you make a base base salary of, of 45 thousand dollars, which is not you know obviously not not great, not uh, not no. a, I mean that's less than you know some some people working normal jobs jobs make, and I mean they're out there putting their bodies on the line and things like that, hoping to get a shot to to make it to the NFL, but I mean you're only one injury away from Basically, not being able to be able to play Play football at all. So, um, but yeah, so forty five thousand. Then it takes a drastic drop. I mean, there's only it's only a seven man, I think a seven or eight man practice squad. But those guys only make fifteen thousand dollars.
2: And I I assume with that salary, they got to be at least giving you housing. Or I'm sure. So I
0: I think I did read housing was not provided. Oh wow! But they would allow you to stay in, in a hotel for like a discounted, like a discounted rate of like, I don't remember. It was like 75 bucks a week or something wow. like that. Oh, and they gave you the option that you could room up with somebody to split that 75. <laughs> so <sighs> like 30 ish bucks, you know, a week to, to stay. If, if you know, if you need it man, now, the they also,
2: baseball has always got a bad rap for being <laughs> kind of not local. Right.
0: Yes. right. Wow. So they, and they also, Uh, every week, and I'm not sure how many weeks training camp was, but they also got $600 every week for for training camp. So, you know, they got their 45,000 if you're on the active and then plus the additional 600 a week, you know, whatever to go to training camp. Now there are bonuses that are written into their contract. So for every win, they get $850 per win. Then if you if you win the whole the whole thing you take home the trophy you get ten thousand dollars for 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 winning the 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 Super Bowl if you will of the USFL so I think obviously yes when when it comes to new leagues like this obviously they don't have the funding immediately to say we're going to be able to pay these guys like you do in the NFL so you got you got to stay you know stay small or stay low to you know meet your budget and you Try know to
1: turn a profit
0: yeah not not go bankrupt or whatever uh, but yeah it's definitely a lot less or a lot a lot less money than what you can Whoa. as a, even a practice player in the in the nfl or you know anything like that now there also is something that that is interesting so these these players and, and players and staff of all the teams can also earn a college degree debt-free and tuition-free mm-hmm. all go. expenses paid as being a part of this, uh, you know, being a part of this league or whatever. And because of certain partnerships that they've, uh, you know, that the USFL has partnered up with a couple of, you know, kind of online uh, universities, oh, good. they've been able to, you know, so that, so the opportunity is out there for, for any right. players and staff to get, you know, a degree in whatever of their choosing. Well, that, that's pretty know. cool. Cause I think a lot of these guys are guys that,
2: may have made the decision to leave college too early, went went to the NFL for a year and kind of flamed out and mm-hmm. and didn't didn't get to make a career of it. So if they can go back and and finish getting their college degree paid for that, that that's pretty cool that,
0: well that's a i good mean part. kurt
1: warner came out of the usfl and- yeah he played usfl i mean right he arena was, football yeah. league i mean a little bit of everything been, you know there has been players there that have, have been come-
0: success stories
2: i mean right. it's not
0: well, not out of the out of the realm and I,
2: I think the biggest name i saw on this whole thing I, I know shea patterson was the number one overall pick for the michigan panthers but i was actually more intrigued by their late round quarterback pick and Paxton Lynch, who was mm-hmm. a yeah. first-round draft pick of the Denver Broncos not so long ago, I mean a starter
0: in the yeah. NFL
2: for a little while. Right. So, so can, can he turn his career around? And yeah, you know, I mean, it, it'll be a battle between. You Shea was obviously the first pick for a reason, so it should be a battle between the two for right. the starting job. But yeah, absolutely. They definitely got some depth depth there on that Michigan yeah. Panthers team.
0: Yeah. Right, right. So I just wanted to quickly just run through the teams and you know, I, okay. I also, you know, run through okay. the teams and the and the coaches. So okay. in the in the north division, because yeah, like Dad said, there's eight teams and each team is split up. You know, there's four teams in each each division, a north and a south division, even though they technically still all play in the same, you know, same location or whatever. Oh, and I
2: did I did forget to mention the fi- the final four the championship tournament there is actually going to be played in, uh, Canton, Canton Ohio. At the okay. Hall of yeah. I, I think I did remember reading yeah, that too. That so that's well.
0: kind of a neat thing, or, yeah. you know, and a neat partnership that they were able to, to get or whatever. But, uh, so you got in, in the North division there, you got the the Michigan Panthers who we talked about a little bit, and they're going to be coached by the legendary coach and Jeff, Jeff Fisher, you know, wow. longtime Tennessee, you know, type yeah. coach and coach long time in the, in the NFL. So, it'll be interesting to see how, how he does in this, in this new adaption, you know, new league here. And then, um, the other, other team, New Jersey generals coached by, uh, Mike, Mike Riley, who has, you know, several, uh, 20, 27 years of head coaching experience, uh, 10 in the NFL and 17 in, in the, in the college ranks, you know, coached at Nebraska for a little while, coached at, you know, Oregon state for a little while. So a lot of NFL, you know, head coaching experience there. And then, um, uh, the other other team in the north, you got the Philadelphia Stars, coached by Bart Andrus, which I had never really heard of this guy or hadn't heard that much about him. But uh, he he actually spent uh, spent some time as a head coach when the NFL had their NFL Europe adaptation. He mm-hmm. was the head coach for the Amsterdam Admirals, and then also been a part of the CFL and the UFL as well. You know, some a couple of different head coaching spots in a little bit of uh, you know some interesting leagues outside of the the NFL. So. Be interesting to see how he uh, you know manages kind of this this adaptation league here, um, and then the other team in the in the north, you got the Pittsburgh Maulers, coached by Kirby Wilson. So he's been a thirty six year he's coached thirty six years, never been a head coach. This is his first year being a a head coach, but spent twenty four seasons as a uh, running back coach in the NFL with eight eight different teams. So wow. a lot of a lot of NFL you know positional you know head coaching experience just has never you know got me opportunity to kind of move up and and be a, be a head coach. So Mm -hmm. getting that unique opportunity here in the, in the USFL. So that's the, uh, that's the North division. And then over in the the South division, somewhat of a kind of playing at home, if you will, the Birmingham stallions, uh, coached by skip Holtz, which, uh, you probably recognize the Mm -hmm. name. He's the, the son of the legendary, you know, Notre Dame coach and Lou Holtz. But, uh, you know, Skip is also you know got plenty of experience as you know twenty two years of experiences, uh, head coach in the in the college ranks at several different several different programs. So, bringing a little bit of experience to to Birmingham there, and then. Another team you got uh, the Houston Gamblers, uh, coached by uh, Kevin Sumlin, who uh, mm-hmm. you know also you know college has been in the college ranks and been a head coach at several different different spots there. So most well,
2: notably Texas A and M, wasn't it? it?
0: Well, he was he was at Arizona just recently. Um, you know didn't didn't have a great record there, but probably most known for his for his time at, at Texas A mm-hmm. and M. Um, and so be interesting to see how he how he does. Then we got. Uh, the, also in the South Division, the the New Orleans Breakers, coached by Larry Fedora, who you know has been a, a long time NFL NFL guy there, mm-hmm. so uh, definitely you know a lot a lot of experience you know in in this league. I mean, it's it's interesting to see you know who they were able to to get to come coach mm-hmm. coach some of these teams. But uh, last team there, then in the, the South Division, you got the Tampa Bay Bandits, coached by Todd Haley, who. Spent 22 years in in the NFL, a couple of seasons as the Kansas City Chiefs head coach, but, mm-hmm. you know, long-time kind of offensive coordinator for, for several different teams. And so, be interesting to see how he kind of, you know, handles this, you know, very offensive-minded guy and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how how he manages A lot, a lot of
1: familiar names there in right. the coach. You know, and the one that stands out to me is <laughs> Jeff Fisher. You know, that dude's got a Super Bowl ring, mm-hmm. you know, as a coach. So, I mean, they're, uh, you know, obviously a, a great coach, um, but it, I, I just – surprised that somebody else in the NFL hasn't picked up Jeff Fisher as a coach,
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but
1: yet, you know, he, he, he would be willing to go to the USFL. I'm sure the money's not anywhere near. So, yeah, I guess maybe you got to give him credit
0: for not doing it for the
1: money but doing it for the love of the job.
0: Right, love love of the game and you know just being able to, you know, potentially develop develop some younger talent, you know, develop sure. some players that, that you know, you never know could could bud into some NFL stars or, you know, make it to some practice squads on the NFL and get their get their shot there. So, just I think yeah, a, a real opportunity to to develop some some raw talent if you will
2: so well, this might be a little chance for redemption for him because his last coaching job there in the nfl i, I believe that was with uh,
0: the rams mm-hmm. just
2: mm-hmm. it kind of went south and right it, right yeah. it soured pretty badly so i, <clears throat> I think this might might be something he thinks he needs to do to sure to get himself a shot back in the nfl All right. yeah. yeah very
1: good well we're going to take a real quick commercial break stay tuned with us we'll be right back thanks again
0: this podcast is sponsored by podbean podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use podbean to host fired up download the free podbean podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone download the free podbean app today that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out.
1: All right, we're back in the studio. All right, we're going to move on to the the NFL draft here. Uh, This is something that I know the three of us are all looking forward to. It's in Las Vegas this year, and we're going to be there live and in person. (laughs) Yeah, Yep, Sin City, baby. So uh, tonight we just wanted to talk about the first th- the teams that have the first three picks in the draft: um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, and the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Detroit actually has two picks in the first round, so I kind of went got into maybe who they might take second, and Houston does as well. And I did the same thing with them. But let's uh, let's start out with Jacksonville. What do you think they need, um, and where do you think they're going to go?
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, finished with a with a record of, of three and fourteen. You know, picked number one last year. You know, after winning only one game last year and got a couple more wins this year. But uh, obviously, you know, went with the the big arm and Trevor Lawrence with their number one pick last year. And you know, but I think at this point, yeah, they're they're just trying to surround him with with some talent or you know try to get some talent around around him to you know better develop him in in, in kind of a a very rough year. You know, unfortunate year there for for Trevor Lawrence, um, but. Yeah, you know, I think they they went out and they got you know a lot of free agents and you know spent quite a bit of money in in, in free agency. You know Jacksonville did, but uh, you know they still a team that goes three and fourteen. I mean, you still need help But wow. a lot of. And well, and they lot won't
1: lot. be able to blame it on Urban this year, so right, you right. know they're going to have to do something.
0: Right. So I think uh, you know definitely they, they to me you know the needs I think you know wide receiver, offensive line, an edge rusher or or, or a safety I think is is kind of where they'll kind of they'll, where they'll be looking. And, and to me, you know, when it comes to edge rushers, I mean, there's only a handful of them, you know, that are the, kind of the, the elite guys up there up there at the top. And, you know, I, I think uh, Jacksonville, you know, they finished last year 21st in the league in, in pass pass rush win rate at 39%. Mm. Finished, uh you know, we had a total of 26 total sacks as a team, which was the second fewest in the NFL. So, Defensive wise, they need they need somebody to go out there and 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 just you know be a bull rush a guy that with the, with a high motor just go out there and and get sacks. And to me, I, I think that's the, the the defensive end out of out of Michigan and in, in Aiden Hutchison. I think the motor is there. I I think he, he the the talent level was there. This guy is 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 a freak athlete. And I know, yeah, me, me being a Michigan fan, I mean, yeah, obviously, I, I I would want better for my Michigan man to to go somewhere maybe a little bit better situation than, than Jacksonville, but the guy is, is, is a freak. I think, you know, he, he definitely has, has the talent there has, you know, showed coming back in his, in his you know, final season there at, at Michigan, uh, you know, showed what, what he can do uh, when he, when he leads a defense, I think he has the opportunity to really be, be a star there, there in Jacksonville. <clears throat> Yeah, so I'm, I agree with a lot of your needs there in Jacksonville. I have listed an offensive
2: line running back, defensive end, and linebacker. But to, to me, I, I think uh, I think they're going to go more towards the offensive line here. I, th- I think you've got to have somebody to to protect your investment from last year. You've got to mm-hmm. be able to keep Trevor Lawrence up to be able to get anything out of him. Mm-hmm. So uh, To me, I think the top choice here is Evan, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. He was the starter there for three years. He's played guard and tackle. He's done it all. I, I think, he'll, you know, that makes him versatile there. So he, he could do probably both in the NFL as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a great place for them to start. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Absolutely. Um,
1: you know, they also, they need some help at wide receiver too. And, you know, this is a, a very deep wide receiver class. There's a lot of uh, talented wide receivers coming out. Not, I wouldn't say like a lot of guys dominant in the receiving core, but um, you know, I, I got to agree with Colton. I think they will take Hutchinson, but um for them i think you know their next may, maybe next slot they need to look for a receiver and if they don't go with Hutchison, i'd look for him to go with like maybe garrett wilson mm, out of yeah for some wide re- they need help at linebacker as well too so mm-hmm. you know they, they it, that's the thing that's they need so many things so what they got to do i think is pick somebody that get the most bang for their buck mm-hmm. um and then try to pick up some other guys on free agency i think mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think i think they'll go with Hutchison. um and then uh you know maybe try to pick up some wide receiver help later on in the
0: draft mm-hmm. absolutely yeah no i think uh yeah Hutchison. you know six foot six 260 you know
1: you know and he's he's a great i don't think he probably doesn't have the quickness maybe of like the bosa brothers or uh but i think w- w- he's good with his hands um he just has he, good good technique good technique good with his hands and you know like and 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 for anybody that plays in that position, you got to have a willing willingness to just just go going, Yeah. Keep pushing. I mean, you're going to, and and he's, he's got that. That's kind of that X factor. I think that guys in that position that make those guys great, like, you know, the Bosa brothers and, you know, the Jadavian and, you know, the guys that you see that the
0: the stray hands and, you know, the the legends of that defensive imposition, they just never, no no play taken off. They just, they just go. So, so,
1: all right. Well, let's move. Matt, we'll let you start off. Um, Detroit has the second pick uh, in the, this year's draft. Tell me where you think they're going.
2: Yeah, looking at Detroit, I, I see their biggest needs being safety, linebacker, defensive end, wide receiver. So Some of the top guys to look at there are Kyle, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Again, Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. Kayvon uh, Thibodeau, defensive end out of Oregon. Uh, to me, I mean, I know you guys picked him first. I'm picking him and actually go second here. I think this is Aiden Hutchinson. It's got him written all over it here because hometown, no, yeah, no, yeah. Not only is it you know a good player, but you're going to get that added benefit of selling a few extra tickets to Michigan fans that want right. to want to watch their guy keep yeah. playing close to home. So bring, yeah, bring sure. him right there close to home. And him and Thibodeau are kind of one and one A, so yeah, so yeah. To, to get that the added benefit, I, I think it's a no brainer here, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, well,
1: uh, I got I have Detroit taking <laughs> uh, you know, Thibodeau second because I think uh, Hutchinson's going number one, so mm-hmm. uh, you know, they need a they need a franchise quarterback, you know, but I don't think this is the year to do that. This is not not, the, not
0: this early, in right, the, in the draft. The, I don't yeah, think. not
1: not for your first round pick, Mm-mm. you know. Um yeah, the, And
0: golf serviceable. He can, yeah, he can yeah. last you another
2: year. There's, and
1: there's some good. Don't get me wrong. There's some good quarterbacks in the draft. Maybe not the elite like we've seen in years past, but. Um, you know, I, I just don't think you waste your first round pick on a quarterback this year when, like Matt said, you you got a quarterback that's, you know, above average in the league and golf. So, um, and then also, well, I'll let you guys go uh, yeah. before we get into the second pick here.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, obviously Detroit coming into this with a record last year of three thirteen and, and one. So another team that, you know, just needs a lot of help. And I I think for me, you know, just kind of the, the mentality or kind of the, the the identity of this team with, with Dan Campbell leading it, you know, as the head coach, he's that guy that, you know, he he wants a guy that's going to go out there and give you 110%. I mean, he's got a high motor as a coach. Like he's a, you know, we're giving, we're going out there. We may not be the best team, but we're going to go out there and we're going to give it everything we got. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that definitely reflects in this team. So, for me, I, I you know everything I was kind of reading and, and things like that. You know there are some questions around you know Kayvon Thibodeau. What's what's his effort look like? What's his motor look like? Is you know is he going to give you one hundred and ten percent on on every play? So for me, I think that 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 just does, you know puts it a little bit interesting. I just don't know that, that Dan Campbell is going to take a take a risk on a, on a player like that, knowing kind of the guy that that he is. Um, so I think I think for me, I think you know they need they need help on the defensive side of the ball. I think that they go they go Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame with this pick, uh, just very, uh, a freakish athlete, oh a guy God. that just, you know, can,
1: they call him the unicorn. Yeah.
0: Can, can be all over the field, can, can be on one side of the field and make a play on the other side of the field. Just, you know, able to, to, to kind of do it, do it all when, from that, from that safety position. Um, so I think just the, the, versatility that they, that they'll get, you know, from that, from that guy and in a pass heavy league now that we're in, in the NFL, I think, you know, definitely got to have a, have a strong secondary. So, I think they get, they go, you know, with Kyle Hamilton and, and you know, the guy that, that can give them, you know, some results, uh, you know, straight out of the, straight out of the gate. <clears throat>
1: okay. Well, I got it for their second pick. Um, they need some help on the, on the wide receiver front. And I look for this guy to still be, be available at 32. And that's Johan Dotson from Penn state. Mm-hmm. Um, they need, obviously they, you know, they need some offense <laughs> up there and um, you know, and I think, I think golf's good enough that, you know, if they pick up a, a good receiver, you know Detroit could could they, they could improve their stature. I think this year. So, so I got him. I got him coming in at that second pick of Detroit in the first round at number
0: thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, then moving over to the to the third pick, or you know, our last pick here for this for this segment, and that's mm-hmm. the the Houston Texans. Um, All right. You know, well, I'll
1: start in. this one. Yeah. Um, They're mm-hmm. picking third. I got that. I got the safety from Notre Dame. Uh, Kyle Hamilton going there. Like Colton said, he's a freak athlete, 6'4, 220, uh, you know, mid-fours, you know, in the 40. So um the, you know, they they got some wide re- they got Brandon Cooks, um, you know, at wide receiver. They got rid of uh DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. yep. They got rid of him, but they, they also have the kid out of Michigan, Nico Collins, a second year player out of Michigan that I think showed some flashes of brilliance until he injured his shoulder. Um, so, you know, they, they have some, they have a, you know, wide receiver core, at least a start of one. So I look for him to get some help on this, on the defensive side of the ball with that number three pick in Kyle Hamilton.
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, obviously, obviously these teams that are picking up towards the top, they, they, they didn't get here by winning a lot of games last year. So, you know, Houston comes in with a record of, of four and 13 picking here, you know, at third and, yeah, I see. I see the needs, you know, wide receiver, an edge, an edge rusher, a, a cornerback, cor- corner back. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of the needs that, that kind of fit their mold there. But uh, you know, I, I think you know, I think for me, Thibodeau continues to to fall down the fall down the board. I think another defensive end that has really kind of climbed up the boards are you know a lot of chatter here over the last several weeks, and that's uh, the defensive end out of Georgia in, in Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker. Um, you know, just a, a we talk about versatility. This guy lined up in every position on the defensive line for Georgia this past wow. year. Um, and, and, and you know, the, the maybe the production wasn't quite there, but if you look at it, he might've been overshadowed a little bit on a, on a defensive line that, I mean, Most, m- probably an NFL ready right? defensive line there. So I think, you know, him being by himself or, you know, having the opportunity to, you know, showcase what he's capable of doing, I think, you know, will be, you know, work wonders, wonders for him. Uh, I mean, Ran a four five one forty, which was third amongst you know the uh, other defensive ends that ran at the combine. Had a uh, six point eight nine three cone drill, uh, which was good for second among other defensive ends. The only one better was you know agent Aiden Hutchison in that in that department. So another freak you know freak athlete, versatile guy that in a, in a Tampa two style defense that, that Lovey Smith likes to play, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, he's a very defensive minded guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and and in that Tampa two defense that he likes to run, you got to have guys that are versatile that, you know, can play different techniques along the defensive line. So I think this guy, definitely fits that mold um, you know and, and will fit in pretty pretty good with with lovey Smith there in Houston
2: yeah I agree with a lot of your analysis there you know I, I agree they're going to go defense here but I, I disagree that Thibodeau continues the slide I think this is where the slide stops for him he was projected by almost every major analyst to be the number one pick in the draft coming into this year he had a great year other than a couple injuries there towards the end of the year that kind of slowed him down a bit but other than that you know he's he's the same guy they thought he was coming in I think he's still a top draft pick. I think this is where he gets picked. I, tech, the Texans desperately need a face of that defense after they let go guys like JJ Watt and Aiden mm-hmm. Clowney, Whitney Merciless. Mm-hmm. That they, they need they need that big yeah. defensive end name that can can you know, really boost a they're us back. defense. They're right.
1: used to seeing that talent at that position, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Well, then uh, Houston turns around and has the next pick, uh, first round pick at thirteen, so you know they can they can really make some you know so. These picks are going to be vital, I guess, is what I'm saying. They have an opportunity to really get a lot of good talent in this mm-hmm. first round. So, yeah, um, like I said, they they got Brandon Cooks, they got Nico Collins, but I think I look for them to take the uh, long, long, lanky receiver out of USC, uh, Drake London. Um, mm-hmm. He only played in eight games this year, but he had 88 catches, uh, almost 1100 yards, and seven TDs in eight games. So. Mm-hmm. He's 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 big. He's long. He's lanky. He's hard to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you know, for a young quarterback, uh, I think that's you know somebody that can go up and and uh, get those 50-50 balls. I think that's I think that's huge. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, with having
2: that extra first round pick, I wonder if they could gamble with it a little bit and maybe go for a guy like Williamson out of uh, Alabama there, who
0: Jameis Williams. So I know. Yeah. I know
2: he hurt his knee there in that championship game, but that that kind of speed and just that kind of game game changing playmaking ability. Right.
1: I, I think that might be worth a gamble with the upside. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, you know, and there's a couple other guys, I think. And like for when I talked about Detroit, I, you know, there's some other receivers in that, you know, that George Pickens from, uh, Georgia, Garrett Wilson at OSU and a at OSU. There's, I, I just don't think those guys will still be there. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. Why, I, you know, kind of pick dots and, um going to detroit at number 32 but i think i think drake landed or drake london will be there at 13 for 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 houston all right absolutely all right well on to the hard court uh (laughs) the nba playoffs they kind of already started i guess if you consider the play in games playoffs mm-hmm. uh, lebron never did and yeah. it's funny lebron doesn't get to play in any of them this year well and, yeah. and
2: neither of what we're actually going to start with is, yeah. is their coach yeah, yeah. yeah. so we, From, yeah got, no, got, i
1: don't think this was any surprise yeah. to anyone big, big, big news uh, or you know some frank vogels out in la um,
0: and i think this is only only the beginning of, of what i said the, the purge you know if you will because there was some comments even after you know they they got rid of vogel there was an interesting comment that Anthony Davis made that said me, me and LeBron can still be the core piece of this Lakers. Didn't team." Mention didn't mention LeBron. anything about Russell Westbrook. And and yeah. the funny thing is, is that now Russell Westbrook is going on the defensive, not and not saying anything about Anthony Davis, and LeBron, but was saying stuff about Frank Vogel that, that, never... that he disrespected me, that he, you know, never used me. And he said, I don't really know what his beef was with me of why he didn't use me right. enough or use me in certain situations. So like, like I said, th- th- this is a very sticky situation, no, and, and I don't know. I think it's only the beginning of of you know what the the purge there there in L A that that's coming. Um, but yeah, it starts obviously with with Frank Bohol getting getting the axe there there in L A. Yeah, you know. it's no, kind
2: like- of kind of funny. ADs saying that he can be be the piece to be relied on when. He was the one guy who couldn't be relied on all season because right. of injury. Right. I, yeah. I don't know that he's the guy you want to build around either at this point. And, right. and
0: it's interesting you say that because the Lakers were the only team in the NBA to not have a single five-man lineup that played 100 minutes together. Wow. Not a single one. Right. And, and that's, you know, when you look at it, I think a lot of it of why, you know, this team never really got going LeBron Anthony Davis and Russell West, Russell Westbrook were only on the court for a total of 21 games no. and in that in those games they only had an 11 and 10 record so not a great no. you know not a great record but also kind of a small sample size to say like what could they do as, as you know if they had played you know together more I don't, I don't know I mean I guess it's a it's a season of what ifs but as a result I mean you, you still can't say like you got three all-stars on a team and you finished. 16 games below 500. I mean, it's just unacceptable, and and somebody has to has to answer for it. And usually, you know, it's it's usually the coach. Yeah, when you got
1: when you got three Hall of Fame potential Hall of Famers. Well, obviously, LeBron is a Hall of Famer, but you know, two other potential Hall of Famers playing on a team, and you finish that bad. The coach is done, right? You
2: know. it's, it's crazy. Vogel just took them to a championship two yeah. years ago. Yeah. I mean, it was like how, how quickly in a, in a, in a season changed.
0: that was probably even more bizarre than what yeah. they dealt with this year when they were in the bubble and all that yeah, stuff right. and having to deal with all of that. And they were able to win a championship.
1: Yeah, out so, of that. so do they blame it on Russell Westbrook that right. he was the, that he was the problem or, I mean, I don't know. I
0: mean, it surely seems like that's what they're it'll, trying it'll to do. It'll be
1: interesting to see where, where it goes from here, but it's, <laughs> right now it's a dumpster fire
0: right i mean they're 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 at the same spot i will be uh, on the couch watching the playoffs you know from the same position i will be Uh, it may be a little bit more luxury but you know i i I, they're at least watching from home and old chuck chuck barkley there he's throwing a little shade
2: at lebron he said you know why don't you come into the TNT studios and, and sit with us <laughs> yeah. during these playoffs. Right, or, right. You yeah. got
1: nowhere else to be. <laughs> right. All right. Well, on to those playoffs. Um, you still got the two final play in games tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. You got the Hawks and the Cavs trying to keep their hopes alive, you know, um, in the East there. Uh and for the reward they'll get to play the Miami Heat in mm-hmm. the first round.
0: Yep. One one seed there in the so, East. So
1: so let's stay in the East and then and then we'll go to the West. Um the the other matchup is number two Boston at seventh. Brooklyn, uh, three number three Milwaukee Bucks at the Chicago Bulls, and uh, I think my team, I still I think, has the outside chance to win the whole thing, and that's the 76ers against Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think they're really hitting their stride um, at the right time, you know, and that the pieces are kind of coming together. Uh, so I, I look for them. I look for them to. I still even as a four seed, I look. I look for them to come out of the East.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i think uh definitely in the in the east to be interesting I, I, you know obviously i think everybody's talking about that that boston celtics brooklyn you know first that's round gonna be a fun series up. to yeah. watch obviously these two teams matched up in the first round last year and you know we got an exciting series from from them last year and i think now the roles are reversed where you know last year it was brooklyn was was the team to team to beat or you mm-hmm. know whatever and you know there there hasn't been a hotter team after you know january than, than boston right now i mean they're they're you know probably only second to to the Phoenix Suns as far as, you know, overall record after kind of the the, the first of the year there. So, you know, definitely – and I think that's because of their two stars and, and Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, you know, found a way to, to to start working together, start, you know, playing the way that we're used to seeing them. So, you know, I, and I think a lot of people are looking at this matchup and, you know, we're saying, okay, look, who wants to face this Brooklyn team? But I think Boston still can compete. I mean, if you look in this – you look in the regular season; the Celtics went three and one against the Nets mm-hmm. in the regular season. And if you look, even Wait, do you at, think it's a different Brooklyn team now? It definitely is a different Brooklyn team. But I, I will say, you know, even in that playing game against the Cavs, I mean, I know that that Brooklyn really was in control of that game pretty much from from the get go. You know, it, it got close at, at moments, but I mean, they, Kyrie and, and 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 Kevin Durant combined for almost 60, 60 points and, and twenty you know twenty something assists. Mm-hmm. And they still only won by seven points yeah. it, 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 with, in a Cavs team that was without their star big man in Jarrett Allen, who, you know, maybe it wouldn't have changed the outcome, but you you, you can't say that it, it it might not have. So I think you still have to say, like, even with, with Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie, is that going to be enough firepower mm-hmm. to get past a, a Celtics team that, yeah, they got Jason Tatum. They got their own one-two punch in, sure. in, in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and i think at the moment i think the celtics also have maybe a better supporting cast than 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 the nets do so okay. i think the celtics definitely have have the chance to to, gonna be, to move gonna be a on fun
1: series to watch. but yeah, it'll yeah.
0: be i i think what may set the nets apart what is the status of Ben Simmons? Are we ever going to see the man play another basketball game? And from what I'm reading, I don't think we see him this series. I man. don't know. What they're saying is that he could be available starting game four. If we get to, you know, if, if it, you know, obviously it'll get to game four, but what will the series look like? Will it be three Oh already? Right, and is right. it really worth putting a guy out there for one game right. to, you know, you know, to keep your season alive? I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, Duran
2: has already said,
0: He's planning on playing it without him. Right. So
2: he's he's got no faith that he's going to be there, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the way to go here. Yeah. But you know, I, I think Durant's going to be the biggest matchup problem for Boston. I, I don't think they have anybody with the size and athleticism to right. be able to kind of sure. to be able to stop Durant. So I I look forward to, for Durant to have a big series, and I, I think this will be a. a Fun series to watch. I agree. It, it's of, of those top four. I think that's the only one that really has a chance for an upset. Mm-hmm. I, I think Chicago is going to get bullied by Milwaukee. They don't yeah. have the size to, yeah. to stop Andrew Anitakubo. So. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be a short series. Embiid, yep. and, and I think is is he he wants it. You know, he wants to prove it from last year. So I, I think Toronto is in trouble there. And I, I think Miami's just got too much talent for the, for the eighth seed in either Cleveland or Atlanta.
0: Yeah. I think uh, interesting, you know, for, for that, uh, you know, look at that uh, Philadelphia, Toronto one. And I think, you know, this one could be, could be competitive or more competitive than what people think. And yeah, I know maybe the, the Raptors don't really have somebody that they can throw at, you know, the 76, you know, the guard Joel Embiid. But I think at the same time though, it, it can't just be Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Harden has to, has to step up and, mm-hmm. You know, in the two games that, that Harden played for, you know, the 76ers against the Raptors, he only had only had a combined 30 points and yeah. shot horrible from the line. So I think they definitely know how to guard Harden. Mm-hmm. Can Harden step up his game or, you know, be better in, in the playoffs, you know, it's been one of those things where Harden has always been a great player in the regular season, but when it comes playoff time, he like disappears. I was going to say, do, do,
2: do these playoffs make or break Harden? I mean, this will be what his fourth different team that mm-hmm. yeah. has it had championship expectations. Right. Right. If, if Because he's on that team and they don't get there. Right. I mean, does, what a, it, does this really kind of break the the legacy of Harden? By right. It, Not very well. Could mm-hmm. All Absolutely. right. Well, let's
1: move to the West. Um, you got the Pelicans and the Clippers tomorrow night. Uh, to figure out who's going to be that, you know, that final slot there in the West and they get the privilege of playing the Suns,
0: who the best, um, best record in the NBA best
1: record in the NBA. So mm-hmm. I really don't think it matters who wins that, that next play in game. But, uh, then you drop down to the, to me kind of surprised Grizzlies wound up at number two, mm-hmm. taking on the number seven CT walls. Um, then I think, uh, the, kind of a, I think, uh, interesting matchup for me. it will be that Golden State Nuggets. You know, what? what's the status of Curry? You know, um, they're saying he's going to be able to play, but, uh, you know, what, what percentage is he going to be? And then I think, one, it's going to be an interesting matchup too is is the number four Mavs versus the number five Utah Jazz. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think it will be that number three. I, I think it all depends on, on Curry. If Curry is not able to go, you know, at all during this series, I think the Nuggets can push this to, you know, six, seven games. But I think if Curry, Curry plays and has, you know, even fifty to seventy-five percent of of himself. I, I think there's just too much talent on that on that, you know, Golden State team. I mean, if you look at Denver, it's yeah. Nikola Jokic and, 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 and a bunch yeah. of other, you know, guys that, guys. that that can step up in, in certain moments, but mm-hmm. can you rely on them enough and in a playoff series? series, you yeah. know, a, a crucial series to say they got a real shot? And and, you know, that that's you know not taken away from from Nikola Jokic who's having probably another MVP level year and and more than likely probably going to go back to back in, in MVPs here. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just don't think that he's going to get enough support from, from his out, you know, his role players.
2: Yeah. I mean, golden state's got no way that can guard Jokic, but, then, you know, Denver's got nobody that can
1: guard Curry or Thompson, and they you will throw, have trouble with Wiggins. You so. throw Draymond Green in yeah, the
0: mix, right, right, and, you know, right. he's he's just a kind of a. So, what do you
1: think about that Mavs Utah match? I mean, a lot of that's going to depend on the health of. You if you know, if Luca can't play, Luca oh, doesn't, if Utah Luka, runs away with this yeah, thing. Yeah, if if absolutely. Luke, but, and even if Luca's not 100%, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I think it was, they said a calf strain, so. Yeah.
0: And it, 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 it's looking like he's not going to play game one, which is not what you want. Like I said, before the before the show started, the Mavericks finally get, you know, one of those top four spots, get yeah, home, home field home court advantage. And, and, and now they're star player. player in 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 a game one where you know Utah yeah. can somewhat take the series or you know flip the momentum from game, you know, game one. Okay. Um, you know, and so I, I just think it's gonna be interesting. Definitely, yeah, if Luca doesn't play at all, the Jazz take oh, this yeah. one. Yeah. I think it's Going still away. even even if Luca does play, I think it could be, you know, six, six, seven games, mm-hmm. even with Luca playing in this yeah. one.
2: So, you know, I, I think the most entertaining game of this series is just like in the East, the seven-two matchup. You got Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. He's all averaging you know high double-digit points. You know, I think eighteen to twenty points each. Mm-hmm. So you got you got three scores there. Memphis at Ja Morant's their, their big go-to guy. They mm-hmm. they don't have a a ton more. I mean, it, as Ja goes, Memphis goes. If he's not playing well, I, I think they're they could have some trouble here. I think Minnesota too with towels on the inside, mm-hmm. you know, and then him being able to go play that inside-outside game, the guy did win the three-point competition. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. versus is- a Versa- very versatile player? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: You know, my my only thing to that would be that, you know, they, the Grizzlies did play a, a, a significant portion of the season without, without Ja Morant and, and their record in those games. They went 20-5, and five, and they actually, as crazy as it might sound, Statistically, they're actually better with him off the court mm-hmm. than they are with him. I, I don't know how the math adds up, how that yeah. works, but that that's how it. You know, the yeah. numbers don't lie, All and right. that, that's that's the case is that they're you know have been you know statistically better when he's when he's not on the court. All right,
1: so real quick, Matt, who you got coming out of the West?
2: <laughs> coming out of the West, you know, it's I think it's Phoenix's year. I think Chris Paul finally gets there,
0: Colton. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been high on on this Phoenix. You know, I kind of started out Golden State, but you know, I, I think they've kind of falling back to earth a little bit i just don't think you know the health bug has hit them pretty hard this year and i think phoenix has been just the, the constant person they've been you know yeah. good throughout the whole season and i think that they're a team on a mission you know oh, feel each. like they got got robbed in in last year's finals mm-hmm. and 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 you know really trying to win win well, one this well, year. i
2: think the problem is with golden state they're gonna have a way tougher road to get there mm-hmm. i you know i mean phoenix taking that taking on that whoever ends up being the eight seed and then getting the luxury of the four or five mm-hmm, who yeah. could be a depleted Dallas with right. Luca Hurt or right. you know Utah
1: that's really underachieved this year. Right, right. I, I'll make it three for three. I like I like uh you know and I think it's it's an easy pick for everybody, but I really do like the way they're playing. They're a solid team, mm-hmm. good core group, you know, a good mix of veterans and, that just and play talent as a as a team. At, I mean. As a team. Yeah. And uh, all right. Colton, we'll start with you. Who's coming out of the
0: East? In the East, I like, you know, I don't know. The East is is definitely uh, you know, interesting there. And I honestly I like I like Boston guys. Okay. I, I think wow. that they're, you know, another hot team that's coming into this playoffs that, you know, in the beginning of the year, you never would have thought. I mean, they were sitting at like the tenth seed in mm-hmm. the East, you know, early on in the in the season. And since the the beginning of the year, I mean, they really have turned things on. I, I like the two headed monster they got in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You know, I like, I like it. You know, the Celtics, you know, coming coming out of the East to, to face the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. So.
2: Yeah, I'm just like what Rob said earlier. I, I'm liking Philadelphia here. Embiid's on a mission. You know, he thought he should have got there last year. He thought he should have been the MVP last year. He's getting dogs for the MVP again this year, it almost sounds like. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be out to prove something. I, I think this is where Philadelphia finally gets yeah. it done. I think Harden finally proved something in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I like Philly coming out of the East too. So, you either got uh, – you know the the Suns against either Boston or 76ers. Can anybody beat the Suns? I guess is my final question my before we no. sign out. I think Chris Paul fin-
0: finally gets his ring. Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, you know, I think Boston can maybe give them a run run for their money. I think both teams, like I said, probably the two hottest teams in the NBA mm-hmm. right now, and, and I think that's a big thing coming into the coming into the playoffs. Um, but I think it could be an interesting series. But I like I like Phoenix to come come out on top.
1: Right. I'll make that three for three as well. <laughs> Well, that's all we got for you tonight. Uh, we're gonna come at you next week on Wednesday. Um, I'll let Col- Colton do the honors here.
0: Yeah, so we thanks thanks for listening to Fire It Up with your host, Colton Cow.
1: Chief Rob Cow, Matt Cordes.
0: We uh hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And if you wanna hear other topics for future episodes or you know, you just got a burning sports question, you wanna hear us us guys debate it out here on the on the show, you know, feel free to reach out to us on our different social media platforms. Yeah, we don't
1: always agree on everything.
0: <laughs> we uh <laughs> we got a uh, social media we got a instagram um our handle is firedup_podcast or you can find us over on facebook at uh, FiredUp_SportsPodcast. sports podcast and um and as always we you know we have a, we have a website as well which is firedup1.podbean.com where you can find you know all of our past episodes and a little bit of information about the show and you know we're on every major pla- you know podcast platform apple google pandora spotify so anywhere where there's a podcast platform, anywhere you can have a podcast where our our show is there. So appreciate you guys listening to us. And as always, stay Stay fired fired up. up.